0: Movie made since Oscar Wilde was writing letters. Head cannon to watch them all and tell you how to make them better. So put your earbuds in and forget what you're planning. It's time to take our heads and shoot them out of a cannon. 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 Head cannon. Head cannon. Welcome to Head cannon. Tonight we have a very special guest, Brent. I'll let you. This is this. I just met uh, uh, our our lovely guest, so I'll I'll let you intro this one, Brent.
1: Absolutely. This is this is um, originally Kara's friend, but now my new friend, Haley. (laughs) Uh, Haley has done some of like the Survivor online online games that we've talked about in the past. Uh, She's really good friends with um, Anthony, who we had on for Rosemary's Baby, and we recently met up with her in. Near Branson, what's the t-
2: what's the city that you live in? Springfield, Springfield. So Springfield. people from out of town like to say that we're a suburb of Branson, but in reality, we're so much bigger. Branson is a suburb of Springfield.
3: <laughs> oh, pardon me. Yes,
2: we were staying in Branson, and we went to visit her in Springfield,
3: nice. and Haley
1: took us to one of the most amazing aquariums I've ever been to in my life, and it was located inside of a um, a Bass Pro shop.
3: <laughs> what?
0: <laughs> I know,
2: right. I'm- First bass pro shop ever. I think that's our only claim to fame as a city. Thank you very much.
0: <laughs> that's hilarious. Well, wow. so it's like a big. That's insane. Like I, yes. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. I, I man, now I want to check out the first pro bass shop or whatever it is.
1: It was very impressive. I mean, it took like oh, two hours at least to go walk through, and they have like th- picture like a movie theater, but instead of a
0: screen, it's just like a giant friggin fish tank oh
1: and there's like three of those so you walk into this room and it's just like the whole wall is is filled with like amazing fish and nice. it's it's super tall
0: yeah and then if you want to buy any of the fish do the cashiers like they do they like scuba up and they'll dive in there and like chase the fish down <laughs> for you yeah <laughs> Use, yeah using like the latest in bass pro shop technology yeah <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome i mean there were kids there there, were, there it was definitely a, a type for some people like there was
1: like a little boy he, was, he must have been like maybe nine or ten and he had like he had like a sports
3: cap on with okay. like oakley's
0: on top of the cap oh and yeah he was just like this
1: little boy like oh man that's a bass right there <laughs> and that's a pot like he was like totally fit the profile of like his dad definitely goes to bass pro shop all the freaking time it was amazing
2: right. yeah the first time Went, I ran into a family and I swear there were four children and the dad all of which had identical mullets yeah. and outfits <laughs> and, and personalities. Yeah. Highly personalities right yeah yeah, yeah. So that's that awesome. is the target market of Bass Pro oh yeah I saw a gun <laughs> many many guns
3: yeah it was like
1: welcome to Missouri yeah <laughs> it was weird it was like at a museum you know
3: for fish <laughs>
0: Yeah, <laughs> he has a gun. You know that's and and I get like the um, and I know in some states there's like concealed carry and like some other places like, and I guess I'd rather be able to see someone's gun if they have a gun. I guess I guess rather than have it be concealed. But I gotta say, when you're in a place like you're just in a store, just chilling somewhere, like a like the 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 first pro bash shop in the U.S. that is also an aquarium. And you see somebody like walking around with just guns swinging around on them. It's, I don't know, for me, it's a bit disconcerting. Like I'm always like doing whatever I'm doing, but also like kind of being aware of the gun and where yeah. it and where it's at and what the gun is doing at the moment, you know?
2: Yeah. Constant awareness. I think that's the point is that you're supposed to know that they're there at any given moment. That's what they need to keep existing as a person. Right. Someone who carries a holster. Right. <laughs> They should give the fish the guns.
0: Yeah. Look at those. (laughs) Nice. They absolutely should. Yeah, little little holsters on there. (laughs) Yeah, I would. It'd be
2: adorable, yeah. Oh, man. I will. I do want to do a quick plug because. The Bass Pro and the Wonders of Wildlife Museum that we went to um, partners with a lot of the um, like vocational rehab facilities in town and hires a lot of people with developmental disabilities that come out of rehab training and stuff. So I've had several clients end up onboarded there with competitive wages. Uh, so not as funny as the things we're going to continue to talk about, but I do kind of <laughs> want to brag on that
0: for that. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. No, that's fantastic. <laughs> and so, what? Is, yeah. Since I just met you, if you don't, if you want to talk about, it, if not, I'll just cut this out and we can move on. But uh, what, what do you – what kind of work do you do?
2: Uh, so I had spent about seven years doing developmental services, so working with adults uh, with developmental disabilities um, in direct care settings, behavioral support settings, management settings, all of that good stuff. Uh, and then in January, I decided it was a great idea to quit my job and take on a part-time admin job and go back to school full-time. So <laughs> that is what I do now, and I regret it most days.
0: Oh, no. <laughs> well, hopefully there's but- –
2: it's gonna be great. Um, yeah, once
0: it's done. <laughs> light, light at the end of the tunnel, hopefully at least. So exactly. Yeah. <laughs> well, tell me a little bit, Tell me and our listeners. For anybody who may not have listened to Anthony's uh, Rosemary's Baby episode, can you explain the uh, the survi- the online survivor kind of what that is and what in your experience with it? And I like the idea, Brent, of having more guests on that you know through Survivor and just having a whole like sub genre of. Head cannon. that's like this uh, online survivor game <laughs>
3: yeah. Hey,
2: yeah i love kara is a very popular gal uh, among the people that she's met so anybody that i have told that i was coming on this is a bit jealous it shouldn't be too hard for you to find good... oh cool
0: so so yeah uh, but yeah,
2: game, uh that was the original question sorry, yeah yeah, yeah. um but yeah so we had met during covid um i somehow uh being born in 97 I've clung on to the millennial Facebook mom thing very hard so during 2020 I ended up in a bunch of fan pages of people who watch Survivor as religiously as me uh and I grew up doing that with my dad every Wednesday it was like a big family moment that mess now mm-hmm. um, and so from there there was a post made about hey if you have nothing to do and you want to pretend to play Survivor on the internet let me know uh and I had nothing to do and that sounded great um And somehow a bunch of other relatively normal people also thought the same thing, weirdly enough, uh, probably only due to the pandemic. Um, So from there, it became this like massive community and the host of that, his name was Andy. He's a wonderful man. He's a pastor. He lives down in Austin now, but um, one of my closest friends to this day, and he Kind of transformed that into a lot of other really cool things like uh, fundraising opportunities and kind of just ways for community to come together in a time that it felt like community didn't really exist in the real world. Um, and I think as a result of that, a lot of us built really strong relationships that never thought that we would build strong relationships with people on the internet. Uh, so here I am meeting Brent and Kara and their children, and that would seem so weird three years ago and <laughs> now doesn't feel weird at all. <laughs>
3: yeah. yeah.
0: No, absolutely. That's awesome. <laughs> and uh, well, Br- Brent mentioned when we we're—I think when we were talking to Anthony, there like it's really involved, from what I understand. And you, you like really get into it. And there was even a guy Brent was talking about who was so into it, it, it like became a problem in his house. And he was like, he was hiding it from his wife. Like he would go in the shower and be playing Facebook Survivor while he was <laughs> like under the cover of taking a shower.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that became a very, very weird story arc in the real world, honestly, uh, because relatively soon after that, he actually ended up passing away, like, um, abruptly from a random heart attack. So then Andy, being the man that he is, as I've just described him as, organized, like, a 12-hour triathlon on Zoom to raise money for his family, for the expenses and everything, which was all... Uh, beautifully uh, intended and well-natured, but his wife, who did not know he was playing and had been told explicitly that he wasn't, uh, was very flabbergasted when a large sum of money was donated by a
3: group of people that <laughs> did not know existed. Um, oh wow! Yep. So the lore also got a little bit uh,
0: uh, convoluted, <laughs> you could say. Yeah. That's wild. That's I I don't know that's I wonder if for him that's like an a, almost like a final I told you so like in a long standing argument they've been having he's like you didn't like me playing online survivor and look it paid for my fucking funeral. <laughs> <laughs> well,
2: that's a military man so I don't think oh. he probably did our money. Oh <laughs> for okay, the
0: I got you. I got funeral, you. <laughs> but, uh, that's wild. I forgot. I you know, I think Brent and Anthony mentioned that that guy passed away but I totally forgot about it.
2: It's okay, Corey. Because yeah. you know what? When I told that I told story, that was outstanding. That was just, <laughs> I can't believe that got that many people rolling a Zoom for 12, 14 hours straight and raising several thousand dollars. Uh, yeah. And then for them to be just not uh, eventually appreciative, but initially just <laughs> flabbergasted was very uncomfortable.
1: Yeah. Well, like speaking of the game itself, like when it was first proposed to you, did you think. Well, this is either gonna really be stupid or it's gonna be awesome. Like, was it like that? Were you um, were you like questioning it at all, like whether or not it was like worth your time at first, like before you started? I mean.
2: Uh, So honestly, at that time, I was still working direct care. So I was in a middle management role, but still working like face to face with clients, 24 hour care. Um, And it was also during the time that so many people were on unemployment. So um, as somebody who's a huge advocate of unemployment and a huge advocate of taxes and all things that are all of those uh, wonderful, awesome social services, I was also being paid like through Medicaid for the direct services I was providing. Um, and I was making less than the standard federal minimum wage that they were paying out for unemployment. So I'll be honest. I was very resentful at that time. Uh, and I couldn't have taken any extra money. Um, I was working about 60 to 70 hours a week because my client had asthma and I didn't want him to be exposed to COVID with stuff and, right. um, and being in management and with all of that overtime i was still making less than my friends who did not have to expose themselves to covid so for me i was there was no reservations i was ready for the escape <laughs> i needed something yeah. to do at home and, uh, it really kind of got me through a lot of it if i'm being honest and that's crazy yeah. now
0: yeah that's awesome yeah it does. yeah yeah.
1: We, yeah we did so many weird things yeah.
2: Right. Like I made sourdough bread and I played online Survivor and I learned mm-hmm. how to bake. That's that's what I've got out of the pandemic. You know, I bought whittling tools
1: and I never used them.
2: Man, I was hoping I that you would whittling have whittling to tools I, fuck fuck in I watched color painted for a while, I got into embroidery for a while, uh but of all the things I tried during COVID, the only one that really stuck was the online gaming. Um, <laughs> the online big brother game that we raise money for Give Kids the World for, so uh, somehow that has been the hobby that stuck out of all of the 2020 <laughs> fiasco. Well,
0: that's all, I mean, that sounds like the most fun, or, or especially a way to get that kind of like social community, even though everyone's like kind of locked in their, you know, locked in their own homes. Absolutely. What? Yeah, I think I just played a lot of board games with my kids and and wrote more than I typically write.
2: <laughs> so I that's... was lucky that my dad was working, too. Uh, and I live alone, and my dad and mom just live together. My brother already moved out as well, so we kind of just combined our two households into one and called that a household for the COVID protocol. Okay. Um, and that... Was nice. I got really close to my family during that time, but more than anything, Survivor. It was great. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, Haley, do you want to um, tell us about the movie you chose for? our conversation today and kind of what what you how you feel about this movie and why you chose it
2: yeah so um i spent a whole lot of time not watching movies uh as an adhd queen i'm sure you guys have noticed that already uh but i was much worse before now i am at least diagnosed and medicated so (laughs) i couldn't sit through a movie until i was about 21 years old um Mm -hmm. and since then i've been trying to play catch up so Uh, I even have a group chat with some of my friends on Facebook called Haley's Horror Catch-Up of just me trying to watch all of the horror movies from the time that I've missed. I did the entire screen franchise in one weekend. Um, I've binged all of Halloween over a couple of weeks, just trying to get myself back on par with the normal population (laughs) of my age. Um, And so I wanted to do something super cool for this that was not just a standard horror movie. And I Googled essentially like the most influential or like provocative horror movies that Mm -hmm. have come out in the last five to 10 years. um, And seeing that domestic violence was such a huge theme in this movie, as well as uh, a lot of the like, Almost gang stalking, like gaslighting things that uh, tend to be very intense fears for me mm-hmm. uh, were themes. I chose it pretty quickly over there was about two or three movies that I had chosen, and one of them ended up subtitled, uh, which is not good. Who was the other? Oh, sorry, go ahead. You were going to say it, it. It was a Guillermo del Toro movie, but it was, ended up subbing, and Kara and I are both with that. We don't want I it's not a xenophobic thing. I love a foreign film, I <laughs> want it dubbed, though. I really don't, I don't yeah. want to listen. But your yeah. comment was funny, because you were like, I don't think I can be
1: scared and read the <laughs> subtitles at the same time. I'm
3: going
2: to hide <laughs> and miss something. Once, I'm either going to feel the emotion, or I'm going to read what's <laughs> happening. Uh, so that's where we got to this movie, mm-hmm. and I am so glad that we did because holy hell, it has blown me away watching it. I've watched it three times since I had to pick this movie before we recorded this.
3: Oh, nice!
0: Yeah, this is this is a great one. I I remember I watched it. Uh, we're talking about twenty twenties, The Invisible Man, and yes, I, yeah, and and I saw it when it first came out and thought it was great. And I, I remember it got a lot of hype. It got a lot of love, and. It feels like not that it came out forever ago, but it feels like it's been out for a while. But as I was like reading into this, I was like, I read that the um, the release, its theatrical release, was kind of cut short due to COVID. And I was like, God damn, has it really? Has it? has been that long since we've been saddled with COVID that this movie that feels like it's been out for a while. De- I mean, not that it, it did great in the box; it made like twenty times its budget back. This movie did really well and made a ton of money. Um, but even so, like, it's, you know, the fact that it's theatrical cut, or it's theatrical release was cut short by COVID, I was like, damn, I guess, I guess COVID has been around that long, you know?
2: Well, I think that's, like, another really cool part of picking it for me is that, like, that's how I kind of met Kara and was introduced to Brent, and all kind of being in the same, like, time warp of the pandemic uh, felt perfect for this opportunity.
0: Yeah. Well, I gotta say, I, you know, if you have any interest or anything, I feel like a a podcast based around somebody who was unable to watch movies for a lot, a long time and is now catching up on horror movies. I feel like that's a great premise for a podcast. Somebody, that is a good premise. yeah, somebody like watching horror movies for the first time now, like being medicated and able to watch it. I feel like that's something, uh, people would, or at least I, I feel like that's something I'd be interested in, you know, hearing. Yeah. So.
3: <laughs> and so
1: we, Haley, we share, we share something that is definitely ADD. I'm, I'm diagnosed and I'm medicated for that as well. I forget if we, we've talked about this. And I always had a hard time with movies and, and, like, sitting down and watching them. But you know what I still have a hard time with? I'm just curious about you. Is that <laughs> – Do you? what about TV shows that have, like, a long story? You know, like, let's say if The Walking Dead or Game of Thrones. Like, for me, I have a hard time – I love those shows, but I can't watch all, an entire series for some reason.
2: Or do I you have that, too? I can binge those things to high hell. If you can <laughs> see a regular peak in a regular valley every 44 minutes tops, oh man, you can't stop me. Uh, I think it's the uh, extended exposition of films that gets hard. Also, over time in TV shows, like the biggest thing that drives me in any form of fiction media is character development. So when you're getting... Several seasons of a TV show, you get to get really, really invested in the characters and watch them develop in really remarkable ways over extensive periods of time sometimes. Uh, And in movies, you don't get that. uh, Even, like, I watched Oppenheimer last week, and it's, like, over a three-hour movie, and it's still hard to... Yeah, I'm more invested in the characters of a 22-minute sitcom that I've watched for five seasons than I am a movie yeah. uh, that's a lot shorter, you know? Yeah. yeah. I can't wait to see that fucking movie. Oppenheimer looks so
1: cool. Was it good? Was it awesome?
2: It was really good. Was uh, I would I would recommend watching an IMAX, and I am not an IMAX person. I get very overstimulated by sound, um, <laughs> and the reason I and that is because of any movie I've seen, and keep in mind, that's a very small amount of movies, uh, of any movie that I've seen, I think that it uses the, it, it has the best use of like sound and score that I've ever seen in a movie. Uh, when you expect things to get loud, they get quiet. When you expect things to get quiet, they get loud. Uh, and it's very unsettling in the ways that it should be. So very much. <laughs> Wait, you, now there's something more interesting I'm curious about. <laughs>
1: How many movies have you ever seen? Like, have you just never seen movies
2: until you had medication? No, out? I mean... <laughs> Okay, so also keep in mind that my mother is a massive, undiagnosed, unmedicated ADHD queen, right? So okay. she also cannot sit through a movie. Um, I watched a lot of Disney Channel original movies, like, where I would go to my room and watch them on my own, because we always had cable, Uh and I watched stuff, like, as it came out. I saw Finding Nemo in the theaters. We went to the drive-in decently often as a kid. Um, okay. But as far as, like, the Disney classics, uh, like, I was talking to somebody that I've been seeing recently, and he's a huge film person. Um, and he heard me say I haven't watched a lot of movies as a kid and did not realize how serious I was about that until he asked if I'd seen Aladdin. And jaw <laughs> was on the floor when I told him that I had not seen
3: Aladdin. <laughs> okay.
2: Um, so yeah, I don't know. I would say I've kept relatively up with what's come out since I was maybe twenty, like five years ago, uh, and. Oh, have you have... seen like Have you seen like Titanic? I did. I've seen Titanic when it was on USA Network uh, again via cable because my parents had cable. <laughs> um, I saw The Lion King when I was sixteen years old with friends. <laughs> <laughs> still haven't seen <laughs> the matrix i don't know other like major iconic movies that i should be mentioning as things i have or haven't seen but yeah very limited Port very
0: limited yeah i gotta say the matrix was because i saw the matrix when it came out in 99 and i was i would have been what 15 16 at that time and i it was kind of the perfect time to where i saw that movie and it blew my fucking mind and i was like i i came out of the theater after watching the matrix like what like you know, my whole, <laughs> my whole fucking paradigm is shifted, you know, <laughs> That's funny. but, but, you know, I, I enjoyed Oppenheimer as well. I saw it. I had some uh, friends in my improv group. They were going to do the, uh, I, I don't know if you guys have seen anything about this on social media or whatever, but doing like Barbenheimer and seeing yeah. the, the Barbie movie and Oppenheimer on the same day. Cause they, they came out on the same day. So we did that. We, I, we went to see Oppenheimer, and then we saw the Barbie movie. I asked what was first,
2: because that's a huge debate <laughs> online, which one
0: you should see first, yeah. and if
2: there should be a queen.
0: I, th- I, I feel like there are merits to both ways of doing it, but I do like that, you, you know, having seen, having watched Oppenheimer first, and you come out of that kind of heavy, like, oh, Jesus fucking Christ, we're all fucking doomed, <laughs> and then, like... <laughs> And, and then you go into Barbie and it's a little more lighthearted. I mean, it's still, I, Barbie, there's some heavy stuff in Barbie. I don't know if you've seen it, but, um, but it's good. It's a little bit lighter and there's, it's the thing I really appreciated was there's a line, not to spoil anything, but a character early in the movie is kind of like, Hey, do you ever think about death? And, and having just come from Oppenheimer, I was like, uh, yeah, yeah, actually, actually, yeah. I, I, more than I should yeah, you're like, I just, I just actually came from this fucking thing. Like, you like it's fucking nuts. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, it was good. They should have did the promotion where they just
3: connected both movies somehow. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, yeah. There's like a mushroom cloud at the,
1: at the credits of Oppenheimer and just sort of bleeds into like the Barbie world. And uh, that's why it's all weird and flashy is because it's been that's
2: like, when he falls out of the dream house. It's yeah. like after the- pod
0: settles yeah i mean they, they did everything but that i mean if you look online there's people have created posters with killian murphy and margot robbie like half oppenheimer half barbie like you, uh, and i feel like studios are going to try to How you pronounce that dude's name i always said sillian so, so, so did i so did i Cillian. i i think it's killian i i, I figured okay. out re- just yeah, from hearing other better. people pronounce it but i always thought it was sillian as well yeah okay i think it's killian though um, I think so, yeah. But, but I, I feel like studio because you there to some extent you just can't predict what's gonna take off online and what's gonna meme and what's gonna you know. Um, and I feel like yeah. we're gonna. I,
2: well, I think AI might disagree with you, Corey.
0: <laughs> I mean, yeah, sure, sure, to some extent, but I, I don't know, like the 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 success of Oppenheimer and Barbie in the current climate of like. Movies not doing great in general, and then both of those movies coming out, and I don't know. I feel like that's kind of the or, the organic, uh, marketing that that's real. I mean, and I'm and AI is doing increasingly like wild fucking shit, but yeah, but I, Just I feel like, but more
2: so than anything. But what your marketing saw has to be of quality, and yeah, I think Christopher Nolan is. To film in a similar bracket where Beyonce is, where she could provide zero advertisement, do zero marketing, and just drop a fucking album on Spotify tomorrow, and we would all lose our minds over it. Yeah. Uh, I think the Christopher Nolan films kind of hit like that after you have Inception, you've got Interstellar, you've got just <laughs> these major classics. Uh, yeah. And I don't think they had to do that much, but they did anyways. Uh, and looking at the release dates, I truly think it's because they had to. When you put them up against a Greta, like Greta's second ever, Lady Bird killed, killed. I stopped in theaters watching it. Uh, yeah, it was good. Yeah. And people we'll have been begging for her second movie this whole time. And I, I don't think Oppenheimer would have had to advertise if Barbie wasn't coming out the same
0: weekend. Well, yeah, and that's, and I feel like Oppenheimer would have done well anyway. But I feel like if it weren't if Barbie if the Barbie movie didn't exist I don't think Oppenheimer would have done as well I think it's kind of a flash in the pan uh, just random chance that Oppenheimer and Barbie happened to be coming out the same day and it this Barbenheimer jo- joke for la- I mean kind of a joke took off on social media that's the kind of yeah. like even the amazing things that I, AI can do, I don't know that anyone or anything could have predicted that releasing Oppenheimer and Barbie on the same day would have had the the effect of like actual real human beings going to an actual theater to see these movies because it was kind of funny online that, that these well, two Well Honestly, yeah. like Oppenheimer
2: has a very niche target audience, right? Yeah. Like It's a historical biopic that's over three hours long that's yeah. by a director who is known to make mind-bending films that go over a lot of people's heads. So that put in a meme uh, that feels almost attached with a movie that was intentionally marketed to literally everybody. Uh-huh. Um, I think if nothing else, opened the door to a lot of new exposure of people who would have never thought to go see, again, a historical biopic.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, I absolutely agree. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. Yeah, but but it was good and i what's that i said but the invisible man but the, the invisible man yeah well i was yeah 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 <laughs> it's a great it's great and i i loved it yeah. and it was good watching it again last night um and revisiting it
1: man that's like the best opening scene in a movie i've seen in a long long time
0: yeah it's good like, they put you in in the story in such a good way not from the very beginning you know like
1: it starts out like she slips out of the bed and she's got those pills and it makes you think like is she going to kill herself and she walks over to the husband's side of the bed with the pills and you think is she going to kill him she picks up the glass you're like she's going to kill him or something <laughs> poison him And, and like, she swirls the glass, and the action has already happened. Like,
2: she has already drugged her husband. Yeah. That was such a clever clever use of
1: of the story right there. I loved it. Yeah, Yeah,
2: I think you find out so much so quickly. Like, one, the fact that it took this much planning for her to get out of the house, period, uh, lets you know a lot about the relationship that we're in. Um, I also think like you're digging into the basement once she's like getting out of the first room and you see that we have like an essentially Elon Musk-esque, uh, <laughs> I, know. I was like, is she married to fucking Iron Man? Who is <laughs> this he's, guy? Like, his whole bit is like surveillance technology, which is petrifying.
3: Yeah.
2: Um, and like, I don't know, in, in those first couple of, like shots, there's a great use of like wide frame angles that make you have to be hyper aware of everything in a shot like you're paying attention to the background that's blurred to see if someone's coming down the hallway um and their ability to like create that feeling in a viewer via just like the camera angles I think was super cool because that uh with the experience I have I can say like is the feeling of being in a domestically abusive relationship like you're constantly hyper vigilant of every inch of every scene of every room that you're in to see what the thing is that might become a threat um and putting that feeling and like analysis into the viewers within like 30 seconds of the film i thought was phenomenal
0: yeah yeah and it's so tense Uh, yeah and like you said like every moment especially that opening i mean the whole movie really but but especially that opening scene is like you're just like where is the threat coming from? It's like you're just ready for somebody to pounce on her at every yeah. around every corner, you know, at, at 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 any moment, you know.
1: It would suck if there was just like an invisible person in your house all the time. But <laughs> I was when I was like eight or nine, I remember I was scared to go to the bathroom and go and, and like go poop because I was worried there was an invisible person sitting on the <laughs> toilet and I would sit on them. And I remember thinking this all the time like <laughs> Well, if they're not on the toilet, they're they're they're
2: surely in the same They're in the bathroom. Like I can't go to the bathroom in front of this person. <laughs> I don't know, if this is, like, virgin experience, or if we're just both like uniquely weird in the same way. But definitely relate to that. I remember like being in the shower as a really young kid and being like, nobody's here now. But if they were, I'd look pretty weird. <laughs> like just constantly thinking about like
3: what if there were Invisible invisible man right now right would
2: I look <laughs> you know <laughs> you want to look good for the invisible man <laughs> right, right.
0: <laughs> oh man that I, I haven't thought about this in years but i i had this thing when i was a kid where any kind of picture or especially like in my grandma's bathroom she always had like trashy celebrity magazines right it was like <laughs> like pe- not like people but like worse than that like I don't know. I can't think of the names of any of them right now, but it's like really trashy celebrity magazines. And for some reason I was always like, what if there are tiny cameras or something? What if they have some kind of technology or some way where I'm looking at this picture of, of who, like Matt Damon on this cover of this magazine, but what if he can actually see me? And I'm like sitting here taking a shit and Matt Damon's what? So I would always like, I would always try to like turn magazines over and like flip it to like. Uh, prescription medication ads. Like I would always try to get rid. Like any pictures of eyeballs in a room. I was like, I don't need all these eyeballs on me.
3: <laughs> like, but I like to think that,
0: like, that Matt Damon, that Matt Damon is
1: on like the red carpet, <laughs> the, the flashes are happening, but he just sees you taking a shit.
0: Instead. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he gets a text, or like I one, get one this little boy out of my head. Right, or like one of his bodyguards are like, um, Mr. Damon uh cory jefferson's taking a shit he's like oh excuse me i have to i have to take this <laughs> yeah camera seven i've just watched this I'm sorry <laughs> that is some like crazy
3: like wealthy person
0: shit like <laughs> yeah i don't know we think fucking weird shit when we're kids i don't know <laughs> yeah. no, I just watch the truman show
3: too young i think that was my problem. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Show an autistic young girl, The Truman Show. <laughs> no,
0: oh, yeah, it's a good one too. <laughs> I or I had this. It made me think of this when I lived in this one bedroom apartment in Bloomington, Indiana. I Brent, you probably remember. It was kind of like not like nowhere in Bloomington is like a bad area, but it was for Bloomington, it was like not the best area and i remember like i would always go one of my downstairs neighbors was this like old man who was always just sitting down there drinking and watching westerns and there were all the people oh, and, yeah 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 mike <laughs> and then all the all the other people were like uh, you know doing drugs and selling drugs or whatever so I, rem- I remember being in that apartment i'd be there taking a shower on the second floor and i would always I had this like recurring fear that somebody would be playing with a gun or messing around and like bullets bullets would just start coming up from the ground while I was taking a shower. So I would always rush my showers for some, like it's the dumbest fucking thing, but I would always have this like thought that I was going to get shot through the floor in the shower, just in the shower, just in the shower. I don't know. Cause that's when you're like, you're just like by yourself washing. And I don't like, I think a lot in the shower. I have a lot of, Thoughts and ideas when I'm in the shower. You know when you know it would be that for me if I lived there. It would be like while I was trying to go to sleep. Mm-hmm. And oh, is a bullet going to come through while I'm in this bed right now? Like in one place, not yeah. moving around. I'm an easier target. <laughs> I need to be yeah, and I we just should, wouldn't go to sleep. You would think that makes more sense because t- statistically, you spend more time in a bed than you do in the shower. But I don't. I was an idiot. I don't know.
3: Yeah. <laughs> I, I had go- a student, man. She got shot in the belly
1: um on a, on New Year's Eve, man, uh, quite a few years ago. And she was just standing in her kitchen and someone like fired one off in celebration. Oh, and it came Jesus. right through her window and got in and hit her.
0: That's fucking it's wild. Crazy. Well,
1: that really killed the
3: vibe there, bro. Really? <laughs> vibe, that's today's secret <laughs> word.
1: <laughs>
0: Brent, don't kill my vibe. Brent, don't kill my
2: vibe. <laughs> Do you, you know about my voice? Corey's rapping again. Yes. <laughs> the only thing I asked for was a live rap by Corey. My box
0: has been checked. <laughs> oh, I'm pretty easy to coax the rap out of, so. Yeah. <laughs> but, did you uh, hear about Peely Herman? Oh, I did hear about it. I just heard about Pee Paul P. Rubens. Paul Rubens, yeah, passed away.
2: Yeah. Yeah. You know, no, Right, um, Haley. I yeah. I do my mother, my mother was a, a big fan of Pee Wee Herman and uh, Mister Rogers, and one of those worked out much better than the other. <laughs> uh,
3: do
1: you think he died from that fucking playhouse? <laughs> that was a death trap, man. Speaking of like,
0: yeah, I I read that he had cancer, but maybe it was the playhouse. I don't he don't know. tripped over Cherry and just like impaled right. himself on that
1: fucking pterodactyl. <laughs> Could be radiating radiation. Right. I wouldn't be surprised. Right, <laughs> it definitely
0: it could had be no. colors. Yeah, yeah. His his father was part of the Manhattan Project, and that's it was just radiation carried over from there. <laughs> That's
2: actually just part of the Barbenheimer uh, marketing campaign. Plot twist. Yeah. <laughs> right. Oh, cowboy, Cow- <laughs> cowboy!
1: Curtis comes over and offers him a green and a red pill. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, Britt, I fucking—that's a great joke. That's really funny. <laughs> <laughs> but they're just both fentanyl. And that's what got him. Matrix. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now you have to watch the Matrix now, Haley. <laughs>
3: yeah. Well, oh, I will. It's on the agenda.
0: <laughs> um
2: i think it i don't think it's gonna be revolutionary now because it's like yeah we all think we live in a simulation you're not really changing any games yeah
0: you i think you're <laughs> right
2: There's so many there's I a lot of stuff it. like
1: that in movies we're, now we're, we're,
2: yeah sorry what
1: i talked all over you i'm really sorry man my bad hey. i
2: talked you i'm really sorry what'd you we're say we're like the
1: same person you're just yeah my bad uh i don't even remember what i said me neither
0: it's good <laughs> well then i'm going to say my like uh i think you're right Haley. like my daughters enjoy they really enjoyed the matrix movies but i think there's something about being like a teenager in 1999 that is kind of a singular experience with the matrix that you can't really replicate uh in 2023 i you know yeah Everybody's
2: already heard about the, the, the simulation theory on yeah. TikTok when they were 12.
0: Yeah. Like, there's nothing
2: game-changing about the
0: Matrix That's, anymore. Yeah, That's yeah, funny. exactly. <laughs> but,
2: I would like to strongly cling to my millennial label, by the way, so I'm more of a Vine gal than a TikTok gal, <laughs> but uh, I digress.
0: <laughs> That's You've got to be—you're probably on the tail end. I feel like Brent and I are, like, the oldest millennials— and you said you were born in what, 97? Is that what you said?
2: Okay, yes, but I'm the youngest sibling and I skipped a grade, so 96 <laughs> is the cutoff, but so please God, don't call me Gen Z.
0: No, please. no, no. What oh, no.
2: grade did you skip?
0: <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> I wear skinny jeans, I swear. <laughs> no, hey, if you say you're millennial, you're millennial. I was just trying to. I feel like we've got the whole millennial spectrum right here, though. <laughs> yeah.
2: It's been a contention among my friend group uh they think i'm a bit of a generation traitor, and i truly just don't want to be a part of anything
0: they have to offer well you know like the word millennial has been around for so long and being born i was born in 1984 and i thought whenever people talked about millennials i always thought it was people younger than me but then but then when i started seeing like oh millennials are this age to this age i was like oh shit it, i was in my 20s maybe I was maybe even in my 30s when I was like oh shit when people are talking about millennials I'm also included I'm on the older end however yeah. I am I am It's absolutely a millennial you know yeah
1: I think it might be 80 or 81 and I I'm mean I'm 82 mm-hmm. we're like right on the cusp of that
0: yeah and, but I didn't even realize until much later in life I was like oh millennials also include me I guess <laughs> which is good because I don't want to I... be on facebook this week that was like
2: uh talking about like boomers and gen x like talking to millennials and just like berating and degrading and being like you guys are wasting your money and you're not amounting to anything and you're trash and then <sighs> it was millennials talking to gen z and it's like do you guys think i'm cool <laughs> and honestly i think that that's a really good uh summary of it all like we don't give a shit i <laughs> Yeah, we're the we're the last generation slightly lingering on to the things that don't actually matter like professionalism and grammar and et cetera. <laughs> uh, and Gen Z is telling us all to get fucked, and we're like, oh shit, you're kind of right, but I'm ten years
0: in. Are you sure? <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, I, I remember like grammar was you know because I was years ago I was one of the people who who were like you know spelling and grammar you're spelling it wrong you know and then over time I was like oh yeah no. That shit doesn't matter. And it's slightly like elitist classes to be to be a fucking grammar yeah. Nazi, you know. And, and so I see how dialect is
2: ignored when it comes to, like, what is considered correct. So, yeah, uh, I could go on a whole tangent about that. And you guys <laughs> don't have a podcast about linguistics. So <laughs> Wait, I will... I do have a
1: spelling question. Yeah. How do you spell the word Homies?
0: Homies.
2: H O M I E S Agreed. That's
1: my
0: Agreed. Agreed.
2: Okay.
1: It's not what I've also seen it is H O M E Y S. And I don't know,
2: I just that is the stupidest thing I've ever heard in my life, <laughs> frankly. Okay. Thank you.
0: Yeah. I agree with the IES, yes. <laughs> but you know, I heard somebody uh talking recently about in um you know, what is it? A-A-V-E, African-American Vernacular English. It's 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 common to hear the word ask pronounced as axe. And a lot of people will take issue with that. Um, and somebody pointed out, they were like, well, if you're really trying to be a, a, a pronunciation purist, he was like, look at the way we pronounce and the word and you can ask anybody at any whatever, like any socioeconomic political level, nobody pronounces the word and. You say me in this, like the, the letter, it sounds yeah. like the letter N, or in a different context, it might sound like uh, maybe A-N where, and you don't pronounce the D, but almost no one pronounces the word and as and, you know? and,
2: well, and- any sort of light variance from the Like, American English vernacular also has words like that. So, I mean, if you're looking at, like, Midwestern, Northern, you're going to say orange, like orange. And we can all say that that is incorrect, but that is how people are going to say it. Um, And there's, like, variants of how we pronounce. I don't know. I'm going to blank on different words now. But (laughs) they're outside. AAVE, there's like huge variants in the dialects across the English language. And I think that it's interesting which ones that we accept as dialect and which that we uh, claim is incorrect. Um, And this is also going to be a fun, another reference to other podcasts because I love podcasts. But uh, my favorite podcast of all time, You're Wrong About, has a really good uh, episode about um, Ebonics, which Mm -hmm. talks about like the court cases that came through where Ebonics, quote, my air quotes are happening for those that can't be on Skype, uh, being um, go, like going through court to be considered as like a valid language. And the whole purpose of that was for them to not fail students for writing an AAVE, um, based on strictly not following grammar content. But then it was fully perpetuated through the media as teaching Ebonics as a language, like as if students were going to be sat in class and get credit as if they would for French to learn African-American vernacular English, when in reality, we're just trying to, like, uh, recognize it as a decent enough dialect to not fail a student on the ACT for it. Um, and that was not held up in court because of the horrific media representation. So of all of the dialects that have happened uh, and are considered, like, culturally appropriate and acceptable, it's interesting to me that there's one that's not. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and I, yeah. I don't know. I can see a pattern.
0: I don't know if you guys can, but there yeah. seems to be a pattern. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, and it's like that. Uh, what, there's like a, I think it's a family guy meme where it's like Peter Griffin holding it up or whatever, but it's like, uh, acceptable or like yeah. if, if you're this, if you're this. Over with card. Yeah. Yeah. Pull. Yeah. Pulls a guy over with a card. And if you're, if you are these skin tones, it's terrorism. If you're this, these skin tones, it's a lone wolf acting alone, right? And I feel like it's kind oh, wait, of the same. Wait, is, it, is the mean that he
1: checks it against the
2: person's skin
0: or yeah, something? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's
2: so weird. <laughs> if you're above this color line, it is just a dialect. And if you're below, right. it is grammatically improper. Yes. I don't know. Why are we obsessed with dictionary? Like, the point of language is to describe what we're using to communicate, not to dictate what we're using to communicate. So, like, right. I don't know. We get what words are. The dictionary follows.
0: The yeah. dictionary
2: doesn't decide,
0: when we follow. Right. Well, and and anybody like any grammar and 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 pronunciate or like uh you know purists or whatever, unless they're speaking the original like Beowulf, ye old English, I don't want to fucking hear it. You know, unless it's unless it's like Beowulf time English, I don't, I'm not interested in what they have to say. Kara, Kara,
3: like has a lot of that
1: memorized.
0: What Beowulf?
1: Hell yeah! Nice. She, like something spiritual, so like she can like recite it.
0: Yeah, that's fucking impressive. That shit's nuts.
1: Yeah,
2: to yeah. a racist-ass English purist, I will be calling Kara's line and having her explain why they're wrong.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you
1: should have. Said she's gonna contact you later. <laughs> <laughs> Just, yeah, you get a couple wines in her. She like can do it perfectly. It's amazing.
0: That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> What you got, Corey? Surprise, motherfucker. No, oh, did you did you talk about our backstory, Brent, and how we met each other and everything? No,
3: that's I... what you were supposed to
1: be doing. How'd you put this off on me? Back to you. Well, Corey and I we both were in Iraq together. We did, yeah, we did two tours. Yeah. And and he diffused bombs.
0: All the bombs.
1: And I made kebabs. So-
2: don't make me ask if this is a bit because if it's not I'm gonna be an asshole no
0: we were both, in, we, really were both in, we were both in Fallujah we were in Fallujah yeah okay so
3: it's a bit
0: it's a <laughs> bit <laughs> Dude, <this guy. laughs> but anyway it's uh, but no so then Britt Britt moved up to Indianapolis he started doing comedy sports up there so then uh, I also moved up to Indianapolis and comedy, did comedy sports you have, oh, no. I guess
1: you don't have one there
2: in. What is comedy
1: sports? Mm-hmm. Comedy sports is short short form improv comedy mm-hmm. but the the gimmick is that there's two teams that are against each other quotes.
0: Yeah, doing improv for points. Yeah.
1: And so like the Does audience cheer for the favorite one or whatever. It's like
2: whose line is it anyways? Except for the son. Points of a bitch, you son of
0: <laughs> yeah, it's exact it's <laughs> Haley it's exactly like that. Yes. <laughs>
2: except for the points do matter.
0: They, kinda they do, yeah. They also don't. They still don't. <laughs> they uh, they uh, never do. <laughs> no, it was kind of weird in that you would watch someone do something brilliant and artistic and amazing on stage,
3: and then halftime happens and they're refilling your Diet Pepsi. <laughs> it was just really weird.
1: <laughs> but I'll sure. never, I'll never regret my experience there. It was amazing. No, it was
3: yeah, it was a good time. I
2: to improv for many years. Uh, one of my. Really, like several of my very very close friends in college, like ran the improv team mm-hmm. uh, at our college, and then went on to move to Chicago. And one of them is at least one of them has become a very successful comedian, which is awesome. But uh, the fact that he still told me to be to do improv, I'm kind of like, maybe maybe I should. <laughs> <laughs> Good now that you're selling out shows, maybe I think your opinion's right. <laughs>
0: No, you should. Yeah, yeah. You I, just off our brief meeting here. You seem like somebody who could take to improv pretty well. So I could see that.
2: I love situational comedy. I can say that.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, the whole thing with improv is it's it's all just training and um, almost like kung fu as far as like you know people be like oh I couldn't be that fast or I can't I can't I'm not that funny. Or, no, no
2: these bitches that play smash bros and you just have like the little up down left memorized for when the other bitch puts left left up exactly and yeah. it's like how that they were gonna left left up before you up down left yeah but somehow they know because they've played smash bros enough
0: yeah exactly that's yeah. that's the best improv analogy i've ever heard so yes
2: yeah <laughs> fucking weird, <actually>. yeah <laughs> I actually improved it.
0: <laughs> God damn it! Haley, you're an improv genius!
2: <laughs> Somebody put Good it on support. us and, there's yeah. an act strike I heard. I'm not a scab, but I would like the
0: offer. <laughs> right, I'll turn it down, but I still want the offer. I
2: will turn it down, but it would feel amazing
0: to be offered. <laughs> oh fuck. <laughs> I, don't, you I never. bought half a pig I at a Costco, you know Haley. A Let's a Haley, yeah. Haley, you want to buy half? A, you want to go in on half a pig? <laughs> I would rather
2: two uh, ice, I think <laughs> and just split half a pig.
0: Yeah, it's pretty intimidating. I've never. I've, I don't have enough freezer space for half a pig, but yeah, they're pretty big. <laughs> you get a pet pig. My you know my uncle had a pet pig. He had, he had a pet pig for a long time, but then he realized he was allergic to it and it was causing all kinds of problems. So he had to, he had to get rid of his his pig.
2: Was he like allergic to a pig dander or like a, I guess
0: what? so. Yeah.
2: Wow. Wild.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> How do you get rid of a
2: pig? Uh he he sold oh, it. Hold on. Yeah. what do you think Yeah. let's think far here. how do you think you get rid of a pig you make a lot of money
3: yeah
0: he, so, he sold it to Costco it it to they hung it <laughs> <laughs> you make a lot of money off a pig of
2: I'm
3: not kidding
0: yeah. I know a
2: dude who did it with his pig? I did see season one episode one of Black Mirror um, oh, and it, right did seem, the same thing, it? it did seem that that blackmailer did make a lot of money with
0: one single pig. I gotta say. That's true. That's yeah. true. Yeah. It's like Charlotte's Web. You just have like a banner
3: in the background's like some pig. <laughs> that was on the same page. Please. That's some pig. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: my friend.
1: <laughs> oh, I well, saw that Charlotte's web black mirror. Yeah.
0: <laughs> well, that's it's all downhill from here. We're not going to top that tonight. Oh uh, man. <laughs> no,
2: we will. Just you wait. I'm funny as shit. <laughs> <laughs> that's confident. I love it.
3: Well, like, I did So they're <laughs>
0: No, I was going to say the one thing that kept occurring to me during the the, the invisible man was that that wouldn't work in my house like because my house was built in like the 50s and you can't walk through this house without the whole house creaking like a motherfucker like everything on top of the fridge is like rattling and shaking i mean I, I, you know i'm a, I'm a bigger guy but, Corey, but what's that
2: you're proving the whole point of the movie which is what that everybody watches it, and at a different pace, realizes that she's not actually crazy and what's happening, and then you start realizing how this could never be you, which is how everybody has ever viewed a woman being abused, or a person being abused in the best really, like, abusive relationship ever. No. So, like, oh, even shit. when they're evidence like there is footsteps on the blanket there is like powder on the like i've watched so the fun part for me is that i've watched this three times and with three different collections of people so getting to watch different people come to that realization that she's not crazy at different times in the film uh is very fun and i think telling and i also think like realizing uh when she realizes that she's not insane is a fun layer of the movie as well. But you're like, no, this could never happen in my house. And it's like, yeah, my mom will sit here and be like, yeah, no, this would never happen to me. My husband would never. And no, if this ever happened to me, I would leave immediately. And everyone wants to say that. That's the point.
0: No, I, I absolutely agree with you on a thematic, on the deep levels this movie is working on. I absolutely agree with you. I'm talking on a a purely like shallow read of this movie. No depth whatsoever. uh, You're not. No one is walking around my house without everyone knowing it. (laughs) My my take would
2: be is that even if the house is creaking, y'all would sit there and say, well, this is an old house. It creaks.
0: (laughs) That's true. That's possible. That's that's...
2: (laughs) me yeah
1: of the whole movie yeah is it's what the most boring is, job uh, ever to be the invisible man <laughs> like you just have to stand there like soldier straight soldier straight and just like watch what's going on around if you moved around you would creak and people would find out really quick
2: yeah but would they really because if you only do it in front of a woman then did the tree actually fall in the forest <laughs> like, why is that to be a woman it could be. or actually creak if it only creaked in front of a woman.
0: <laughs> right. No, which I think to your point, yeah, is the whole point of the movie. Get it, getting to the deeper subtextual layers of the movie. Yeah. 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 Um absolutely. But but yeah, I mean there there are so many chilling movie uh, moments in this movie like where she's she goes outside and it's like slightly cold out and she's like breathing the frost out of her, you know, out of her mouth. And then there's like that breath of frost behind her, you know. <laughs> uh, I think-
2: that until the third time i watched it my best friend caleb said did you just see that breath and i said no you're no i didn't and then i had to rewind it and this, like i was like oh i'm glad i watched this the third time i'm gonna bring this up to brett and Corey."
3: <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah it's just yeah it's
2: so weird
0: yeah everyone so week... someone would just be sitting
1: like like right now like i'm looking at a vanity and there's a little stool but just like the idea that there'd be someone just like sitting there Staring at me this... is just so freaking weird. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, the chair is indented. You see the chair indented, yep. ass in feet, mm-hmm. and you convince yourself you're insane. So this is, like, one of the first scenes after she escapes, right, from the dungeon Elon Musk uh, fucking SpaceX debacle of whatever that was, yep. and uh so, when we get to the, like, uh, fun fact at the end, this is the callback. So, uh, this is the moment that my fun fact has to deal with at the end. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but she ends up moving out and living with somebody. Movie isn't super clear who it is. It seems like it's a police officer. Uh, her sister seems to know where he lives. He has a daughter. We don't really know why she's at this guy's house, other mm-hmm. than the fact that she is seeking refuge. Yeah. Uh, and it's at his house, sleeping in his daughter's bedroom with his daughter in the bed, sharing the bed, that she sees the seat indented. Like, you wake up in the middle of that night, and the night, with that feeling in your gut, like, oh my god, someone's watching you. We've all had that. And then you look up and see the chair fully indented, go to pull the blanket off the chair, and a foot freaking stops it. Like, you see the footprint, and you cannot pull the blanket Holy shit. We're all losing it if this is us, right? Yeah. Completely losing.
3: Yeah.
2: How do
1: you even get away from that? Like what would you even do? Like what if you knew that there was an invisible man in your house stalking well, the best you part to destroy is you?
2: That he even convinces herself she's insane in that moment, right? Because yeah. that's insane. like seeing that having that blanket stepped on, that's nuts. Yeah. It doesn't make sense. Uh And coming out of such a tumultuous and abusive relationship, you're seeing jump scares left, right, and center that aren't real. So despite a very real and very terrifying thing happening, she convinces herself she's insane and crawls back into bed. And then the blanket slowly gets pulled off of her and the daughter from the bed and is left at the end. And yeah. that's when she finally loses it, realizes that she's not crazy, something bad's happening. Uh-huh. And guess what everybody else thinks?
3: Right.
2: <laughs> is nuts.
0: Right.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Something in it that, for me, it was the fact that it, it took. She wasn't going to go tell anybody something. She convinced herself she was crazy. Like, it took a severe thing of the blanket being slowly drawn off of her while she's awake to even mention it to someone. Yeah. And her fear as to why she didn't mention it the whole time prior or scream before that, which is, this is unbelievable, is immediately recognized and nobody believes (laughs) her.
0: Yeah. Well, and, yeah. and and even after that when she goes to the job interview and her, you know, her portfolio's empty and then she passes out. I mean, even up till that point, I think she's still trying to com- almost convince herself that she's crazy before. And then when I think when at the point where she finds the bottle of uh diazepam on the the, the sink, yeah. I I think that's the point where she's like, "Okay, no." Like, <laughs> you know, And then at that
1: point she goes on the defensive, right? She's, she's then like,
0: tries to, to tries to, yeah. Tries to talk to the brother Tom, yeah.
2: Right, well, and like, it wasn't just any bottle of diazepam, it literally had the, like, blood on it of him punching her as she left and punching out the window to where his hand busted up bleeding. Mm -hmm. Um, so it wasn't just a bottle of diazepam, it was the bottle of diazepam, like, verifiably. Um, And that's, I think, when she's like, okay, I'm confident enough that I'm, this is happening and I'm being abused, but I'm going to go to somebody. Uh, And I think this is another really sad layer of the movie, but like how bad it has to be for her to realize that it's real and she's not nuts. And then to finally ask for help after however long of just torture uh, and then to still be told it's not real when she took weeks convincing herself that it was real uh to get help and then the help isn't help right
3: yeah
2: um yeah i don't know it's very reminiscent of made i don't know if you guys watched that netflix like limited series when mm-hmm. it came out in 2021 oh, but yeah 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 oh i love that when karen and i watched that, that- together I truly think it's one of the best pieces of television I've ever seen ever. Uh, It's a limited series, but their representation of domestic violence, I truly think is the best representation of domestic violence I've ever seen. Um, And I've worked on social services side of DV and also been a victim of DV. Their representation of both of those perspectives uh, and the horrors and the hope of both those perspectives is so nuanced and so beautifully approached uh and i think this is one of the only things i've ever seen hit on par with that um oh. as far as the even down to her sister that like picked her up knowing like he punched the window out and tried to choke her out and her sister wouldn't hit the goddamn gas and right. it was like what's yep.
3: going on <laughs> they had no idea
2: <laughs> Forward a couple minutes later, and some nasty email comes that she has no idea about, yeah, and doesn't understand when she shows up at her doorway why she's upset with her. And she's like, "Hey, I didn't send that," and her sister doesn't believe her at all. Like, yeah, what? yeah. Huh?
1: dude, well, when she does finally like kind of convince her sister at that at that dinner, uh huh, and suddenly there's like the
0: CGI knife like next to her head. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so well,
1: there were no cameras in the restaurant, I guess, or else <laughs> they would have
0: seen, would've seen not, the flying knife. I'm gonna,
2: but she, she jumped on the two layers of it all, though, but it's like, once you convince someone who cares about you that you're not actually against them and that you're the victim and this is what's happening, that abuser cuts that person right out of your fucking yeah. life. And that's I think right. It makes that's you not see them me. again. Soon as she saw that relationship and what it was for, what it was, and that her sister wasn't the bad guy, he immediately and literally took the knife and cut her out of her life. Yeah, uh, which is a story a lot of us do well. Yeah, I
0: never well, thought of it
1: that way. It's really
2: crazy.
0: Well, and I and I've you know not 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 been the victim of domestic abuse or anything, but having friends who've gone through that, and knowing people who have, that seems to be a common thread of like. Alienating people, isolating them from their friends, from their family, and this guy totally does that. And like, not, before he even kills her sister, like he isolates her with the email, right? Turns turns her sister against her, and then oh, dude, that scene where he he hits Sydney in the face, like oh, that was awful. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah, when he like hits that little girl and immediately turns. Uh, yeah james and sydney against her so then at that point she's like totally alone she has nobody at that point you know
2: like but honestly like a third layer here uh to give it a little bit more nuance as somebody who's been again in the dv situation but also through a fuck ton of therapy um you hurt people you don't intend to hurt when you're hurt so Mm -hmm. like that specific scene of her hitting the daughter um, and it coming off as against her, like to me, that that's the first moment that I ever cried watching this film because it was uh, like a whether or not it was him or her wasn't really clear from the angle of the camera. Right. Like you didn't know if it was the Invisible Man or if it was her. But in that moment, it was just very clear that no matter what, leaving a domestic relationship means that you end up inflicting harm on other people even when you don't intend to. So whether it was him harming the little girl or it was her harming the little girl, no matter what, the relationship that she put herself in caused harm to a little girl that didn't deserve harm. Um, And I think that that not making that super clear as to who was the person striking in that moment initially was very intentional. Uh... In hopes of like, if it was her, can we please have some empathy, anyways? Right, like the lashing out when you're under such deep uh, control and pain and
0: all of the things that come with the things that are uh, thematic of this movie. Yeah, well, and, and you know, she. Now that you mention it, she even says as much when it comes to the death of her sister. When she, I think she's talking to James, and she's like. You know, I didn't kill her, but I may as well have because I brought Adrian into her life and essentially accepts the blame anyway, even though she didn't do it, Um, which what you said is an interesting frame, a lens through which to view that scene, you know?
2: Yeah, there's a lot of things that I think that you get blamed for being that abusey and then you end up accepting to get those relationships back even if it's not true um because to leave that situation you have to take a lot of responsibility uh if i if that character is sneaking out in the middle of the day from adrian at the very beginning of the movie then there's some responsibility of the impacts it's having on her family or the potential like child she thinks she's pregnant i believe at the beginning of the movie um that she acknowledges some acceptance of responsibility for that makes her need to leave because the responsibility for her own life wasn't enough to leave or she Mm -hmm. would have done it much prior right? Uh, so there's some level of taking responsibility for things that is not your responsibility in my opinion that has to come with leaving a situation like that in this movie uh yeah it, it it shines a light on that in a very very nuanced way um she accepts responsibility for putting her sister off guard and for punching the little girl and for potentially like, uh, setting the kitchen on fire and there are so many little things that she did not do throughout this movie that it is more comfortable for her to think she did than to think that somebody is actually harming her that severely
0: yeah yeah and and there's so and uh, just thinking of some of the iconic uh i don't know shots of this movie some of the things this movie does really well is i remember from the first time i watched it, it's been years since i watched it but I remember the scene where she throws the paint on him. And I think that's kind of, I think that's the first time when he's on the ladder and she's in the attic. Are we not about that
1: yet. It was so yeah. cool.
0: Yeah. Right the, I, I
1: paused. I, I I rewound and paused to see it because I was like, does he, is he like a golf ball?
2: <laughs> <All>
0: <laughs>
1: he does kind was, of look like a golf like, ball. Oh,
2: he's wearing a fucking suit. Like a beehive. It was. Yeah. It was so cool. So cool. <laughs>
0: Which is, you know, because, and I don't know about the, the, I, I've seen some like documentary style, like real shit where they're like, if we're going to do camouflage, it would be this way where you have cameras and it's kind of reflecting what's on the other side through, you know, so, and I don't know where the technology is at today in 2023, but this seemed like a pretty real, if you were going to create an invisible suit it would be kind of what this suit is with cameras all over the place and the ability to reflect what's behind the thing in front of the thing, you know? Yeah.
1: They do have something. Have you seen like the, the, like the big rectangle of like mirrored glass. I've seen someone do that where they can kind of hide behind it and bend it in such a way that the light creates the image around it and reflects what's behind them.
0: Okay, I think I've seen similar things to that. Yeah, they like
1: they, they hunker down underneath it. Yeah. And it looks; they look invisible.
0: Yeah. That is like the
1: closest I've seen to something like this.
0: Yeah. Which means the military. I will
2: say though, this movie initially came out what in like the 30s, and the novel that it's based on came out before even 1900, right? Yeah. So There's been a bunch of. Uh, like reimaginations of it and stuff and none of them took this lens um, but something I find super interesting that I did want to bring up before we get off um, is that the original novel all of this is based on is not written in the first person perspective so it is fully written like third person narrator observing the whole situation mm-hmm. uh, which I think lends itself to a lot of different variations of interpretation yet all of yeah. them before the been boring and sci-fi and just like what happens if a man is invisible yeah and i feel like he is like hey uh all of these horrific men seem to be functioning like they're invisible let's talk about that yeah uh and the novel's like specific third person narration i think lent itself to that uh and the director and writer of this were incredibly creative to come up with this, like, lens of seeing it. Um, And they represented it in such an incredible way. Uh, (laughs) I have become so fond of this film. And I, yeah, I could go on for it about, uh, I could go on about it for days. Also at the end, like, I'm going to pause because I'm sure at some point you guys have a plan to get to the end. But the end is so good.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Go ahead. No,
0: yeah, you're fine. Yeah, let's go. Let's roll right into the end. Yeah.
2: Yeah, so we're, like, looking for a way to catch this person. uh, And he's rich. And he's Elon Musk. And he's fucking observing everything. And he has access to all all of the security technology and all of the things to be all powerful and all money and all lawyers and all everything. Um and she convinces her Mr. Man, who she's been living with, who somehow she gets back in good graces of Brent, we are drinking the same brand of wine right now. Shout out to Bodavox. Uh yeah, so she convinces him, let me go back into the house. Um, we missed a major character or a major plot development where the Invisible Man character does get murdered, breaking into the house, but it's not the ex boyfriend, Adrian, who we think it is. Right. His right. brother, who has been trying to blackmail her into taking money and pretending this never happened. And then eventually he says, hey. He is alive. Get back together with him and this can all go away. Yeah. Uh, which she didn't do at that point because he's been harassing her invisibly while everyone else is gaslighting her for like weeks on end. Uh, so she says, yep. Get fucked. And then he shows up to the house. The paint moment happens that we've discussed, which is super badass. <laughs> Please go watch this movie. Yeah. Uh, at least Google this scene. It's so fun. Because yeah. he had been suspicious. living in the attic, right? Or something like that. Yeah, yeah. So she gets suspicious that he's not dead. She sus of this. So she calls his phone, and his phone yes. is in ra- the attic. So she climbs up to the attic, and it's like this doesn't make sense gets a text on his phone that she just called that says surprise or something of the sort yeah. like surprise i'm not dead uh and then she <laughs> looks down the same little ladder she came up to get to the attic pours a can of paint and despite nobody being there there's now a human form covered in body like in wall paint all yeah. over her body so he is there. He's an invisible man. We have a whole fight scene moment. It's fun if you find fight scenes fun, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> For me that's probably the least fun part of the movie. Uh but then she murders him or maybe the cop guy that she's living with, somebody murders him. Yeah,
0: he no, does. she she this shoots person. him. Yeah. Cuz he's he's got the cop guy on the ground and she sprays him with a fire extinguisher and then she shoots yeah. him. She shoots Tom. Yeah.
2: The whole fight scene, the people come back, and then it's not her ex Adrian. It's his brother who that's been blackmailing her the whole time. Um, It's crazy how family members tend to normalize abuse um, and just try to get you back in on the whole shebang like it's normal. So then come to find out he's been apparently locked in his basement quote-unquote this whole time and his brother was the mastermind behind all of this imagine if elon musk's brother literally came out and elon was like yeah he invented the spaceship that was raping women on the moon it's crazy and it's like (laughs) yes you're elon musk clearly you're pointing this off your brother was not capable of taking that spaceship dude what do you mean But the cops are stupid, and he's rich, so instead, she goes to be mic'd up and try to, like, get a confession out of him that he was the invisible man the whole time. Mm
3: -hmm.
2: And, like most abusive men, he refuses to admit it, tells her she's insane, blames it on everybody else, gets the clinched jaw, and, like, grasps it his forks super tight in the same way that he did at the beginning of the movie which is indicative that she's about to get her ass beat uh, so she being the amazing revolutionary woman she is goes to the basement puts on the invisible man suit and makes this man slit his own fucking throat <laughs> and then she walks out of the house to her cop boyfriend and he said what happened and she said I think he slid his own throat. Yeah. You saw the camera, but do you think? And her hot, hot boyfriend said, looked like he slid his own throat. <laughs> and then the movie was over. <laughs> it was like every moment of retribution everyone wants uh, that they probably shouldn't have, but it felt good to see on screen.
0: Yeah. No, it was great. Yeah. Well, and I feel like there's a, a term I've heard Darvo. I feel like I've heard this a lot recently uh and just i have never heard before tell me more I, I, that's tomorrow's secret word to, the, oh no peewee herman the secret word <laughs> <laughs> rest in peace rest in peace herman. rest in peace herman. <laughs> um but no it stands for deny attack reverse victim and offender and it's just kind of this abuser tactic of deny attack reverse victim and offender and i feel like this keeps coming i've I've I only just became aware of this and over I forget when I first heard of it, but it's just been in the past few weeks. And then I watched this movie, and I was like, I don't know, you know, when you what is it, confirmation bias when you notice something and then it keeps like you keep noticing it. I was like this watching this movie and talking about it today is kind of the perfect culmination of my awareness of this this Darvo tactic, um, yeah. And watching it like watching this movie with that in mind, I'm like, oh yeah, no, that's exactly. That's exactly what's going on through this whole movie, you know?
2: Well, honestly, like, my caution for you would be to not assume that it's confirmation bias. Because, like, if we're looking at specifically the film and production industry, like, more often than not, when these crazy allegations come out, they're correct. So, uh, (laughs) I don't know that it's confirmation bias so much as, uh... Your brain is uh, wired for pattern recognition, and this does seem to be a severe pattern that this movie uh, represents incredibly well.
0: Yeah. Oh, no, for sure. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. And even, but even just my awareness of this term, like. Um, but, Absolutely. Yeah. but It's good for us to also, like, know that term and, like,
2: getting that acronym. Like I said, I'd never heard that before, but that. The more that we talk about things like that, the more that we know what to look for. Like, pink flags suddenly aren't pink, they turn red. Mm-hmm. And the more that we educate people on things like that, the less likely they are to be sneaking out of their Elon Musk boyfriend's house <laughs> with a uh, fucking Vicodin under the mattress at the end of the night. So I really appreciate you guys both being willing to have such an open dialogue about this. Yeah, Is that what Vicodin is? Was that the what you gave him? Oh, I don't know. Uh, don't quote me on that. diazepam I, I, like that- Val- I think it's
1: Valium. Is it Valium? Okay.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I know. It, I know. Yeah, I know it was Diazepam in the movie, but I don't know what the brand. I, yeah, I don't know what the, the the brand names are or what that translates yeah. to. I don't know.
1: Whatever it is, man, she gave him a shit ton of it.
0: <laughs> Not, that dude no. still booked it he through
2: really the forest. Didn't work. The lights kicked back on like forty seconds later. Like whatever she gave him, he was. Yeah. Uh, it she was a tolerance too
0: i can oh, say that yeah. well oh well it's only well and she took a moment to help the dog out cuz she was like oh i'm not going to leave Zeus. you yeah she took a moment to help Zeus and that's what like Zeus Zeus, Zeus bumped the car and the the, the <laughs> alarm the car alarm on the the Audi started going off and that's what woke him up you know <laughs> yeah, that's
2: a rich people problem there that was like such a cute moment because like yeah been no context at the start of this movie like you don't she's drugging a man right like she's sneaking out and she's drugging a dude so you don't really know that she's not the bad guy right like at the start of the film uh okay. so yeah. having her see the dog and like want to have him be let go to yeah. uh and that kind of being her fatal mistake initially yeah. i think uh gave you a lot of context that you might not have initially
0: yeah. had well because because her because her escape attempt like her whole plan is kind of, not undone but it's certainly hampered by her empathy right it's her empathy and her compassion for this animal that is like if she had just ignored the animal and gone on she would have. she probably would have gotten away without him even waking up at all but because of her because of her empathy and compassion uh yeah, it certainly – yeah, it tells you a lot about the character. I agree. So. Yeah, I
2: think, like, within five minutes, they were able to say, well, Adrian's bad. Right. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, yeah, he's a bad guy. Uh, we have to sneak, Right. She's a good guy. She saved a dog. Um, And also, there's some crazy dynamic that doesn't make sense because she had to drug him and shut off a bunch of security cameras. So they give you a ton of information in a incredibly high-stress situation where you're in almost all wide-angle shots, like, observing every ounce of information provided just on the edge of your seat, uh... And it really sets the tone for every theme that I think resonates throughout the entire rest of the movie uh, within like five minutes. It's so good. I'm so glad that I picked this. <laughs> I'd never seen it before. So yeah. thank you guys for the opportunity for me to watch this film. <laughs> yeah.
0: No, thank good. you for choosing. I'm glad we got to talk about it. And I didn't occur to me till just now, but have you – I don't know if you're a big Radiohead fan at all, but have you heard Radiohead's exit music for a film? Is this... Oh,
2: yeah. I have heard a radio ad. I've not heard that song. Yeah. But do you want to it song
0: that's like? Oh no, that's the national anthem, which is also awesome. Damn it. that's a great yeah. song. <laughs> but but no, it's 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 kind of it kind of reminds me of it's like wake from your sleep, the drying of your tears. It kind of like if I were to set a song to Elizabeth Moss escaping, it would be I it would be that song. I don't know. It's pretty. I want to go back and re-listen to it now because it kind of just clicked in my head, but what's the exact what's the exact okay. title? Exit, Exit. Exit music, parentheses, open parentheses for a film, close parentheses. <laughs> that's exactly
2: what the, that's what the movie <laughs> is. The, the music. Handmaid's Tale did start coming out during twenty sixteen ish era, twenty twenty, mm. like mid election that scares us all. Please right. feel free to edit about right so it has always felt too close for me like i have never been able to watch it and i've never tried so it's not but like i'm afraid that it's gonna crack me because it's like this is supposed to be fiction and i live in missouri and you should look at the supreme court docket right now it's not good
3: you know yeah uh
2: and so i never got i Won't say I never got to. I never chose to watch any of Handmaid's Tale, so I had never seen this main actress in anything before because that's like her main claim to fame. So I was incredibly impressed with her ability to like build tension without any like she she uh, displayed like the dissociation plus terror at the same time that like just sheer fight or flight gives someone in an incredible. Play that I'm sure she did a lot on Handmaid's Tale, but I never saw it. And uh maybe one day I'll be less afraid of my rights and can watch it, but right now it's not that.
0: On our next episode, we're talking about 2022's Nope. So you've got two weeks to check out that fantastic Jordan Peele movie before we attack it. And as always, you can follow us on social media: on Facebook at Danger Explosion Presents Headcanon, on Instagram at Headcanon Pod, on Twitter at Horror Movie Pod, and as always, you can follow the subreddit r/Horror Movie Pod. Uh, my headcanon that I came up with—it's really kind of simple. It's just imagining the military implications of this invisible suit in the world, Ooh, nice. and that yeah. like. After this movie takes place, the world of the Invisible Man is a, is a, just a terrible uh, military hellscape. When when the military industrial complex has the ability to be fucking invisible. <laughs> All right, Brent, do you want to go while Haley tries to find some reception? Maybe.
3: Absolutely. I
1: think this movie is a prequel. Is a prequel to the Barbie movie.
3: Okay. Okay. I
1: think that her ex-husband is like fucking Ken in this, in his big old fucking dream house, <laughs> right? And he's trying to control, he's trying to control Elizabeth Moss and keep her in this dream house completely. And so this is no, no he's not Ken. This is prior to Ken. This is who Barbie was was with before him. And so and and, and so she eventually kills her ex-husband. And then takes over the Elon Musk mansion, and that later becomes the dream house.
0: <laughs> That's what, and you have not seen the Barbie
1: uh, not. <laughs> Why, is that the actual premise of the Barbie movie? Not quite,
0: but you're not super far off, actually. Barbie killed her ex-husband, no. <laughs> just hiding it. No, no, no.
2: Fred, no. you have Barbie yet. I'm going to fire you from this <laughs> podcast to take your spot. <laughs> <laughs>
0: No, I don't want to spoil anything for anybody, but, uh, but no, that's interesting.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I to watch this movie.
0: <laughs> so, uh, I, Haley, I... I, I can see you now. I think maybe we could probably hear you better. What do you, what do you got? What's your head cannon?
2: Can you hear me perfectly?
0: I can hear oh, you now. Yeah. I'm like a s-
2: fucking
1: songbird, Haley.
2: So are you ready for my fun fact? I am. Your fun fact? <laughs> they tried to start producing this movie much sooner than it was successfully produced, uh-huh.
1: right?
3: Okay. This came out in
2: 2020. They tried, I think they got the screen licensing in, like, 2006. Like, the first attempt at production was, like, a year no. So, yeah. initially, the person who was supposed to play Adrian was Tui. Drum Drumroll,
3: please.
2: Johnny Depp. Could you imagine trying to sell this as a feminist anti abuse I like just iconic horror movie with Johnny fucking Depp cast as the main man. Yeah. Thank God. I've been holding that on
0: for two hours. I've been so excited <laughs> to hear that. Yeah. No, that that would have been wild too. Well, it would have and- been so
3: So so
2: so bad.
0: Thank God that production got shut down in twenty sixteen. Yeah. Well and 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 they even they took a picture together because fortunately Tom Cruise's movie The Mummy did so poorly that because Universal wanted to do a whole dark universe where all these monsters, I respect you so much. I just read about all of
3: this yesterday.
0: Yeah. No, it was supposed to be the mummy and then Johnny Depp is the invisible man, and then I think like Russell Crowe and um, Javier Bardem, but it was supposed to be a whole like dark, Universal dark universe. And when when the Mummy tanked at the box office, Universal was like, "No, nah, never mind, we're good." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, awesome. well, Haley, I feel like we, I could, I feel like I could keep talking. I have other stuff I want to say, but we're, 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 we're way over time here. So is there anything you want to talk about or mention or plug before we, before we let you go here? No, mostly just
2: grateful to have met the both of you. Uh, I had a really fun time at the aquarium, uh, with the <laughs> and Corey, if you ever feel the need to walk through a four hour aquarium in a boat <laughs> and outdoors wear shop, uh, Please know, so, welcome to come with me in my season pass. I would okay. love to have you, my
0: friend. <laughs> <laughs> I'll keep that in mind. I'm not too far from Missouri, and and likewise, if you ever want to come, if you're ever in Chicago, you want to see some improv. We have a, we have a very large aquarium here as well. Uh, oh,
2: man, one time I ever went to the Chicago or went to Chicago, I spent three nights at the IO. Uh, a, the friend that I went up there and stayed cool, with was top guy so oh nice uh the chicago comedy scene holy shit that's amazing would yes. love to come to again.
0: yeah let me know so we that just...
1: aquarium that aquarium in chicago that's in a shed right
0: it's... <laughs> <laughs> this motherfucker no it's it's called are, I... <laughs> it's, it's, it's attached to a menards yeah it's behind a menards <laughs> which is which is next to a okay, pro bash guys, shop i do have
2: one more thing i want to say because something that you don't know is that that aquarium that we went through that took several hours has been being built for about 15 years um that building was literally shut down traffic shut down at that road fifth over 15 years the last time wonders of wildlife was open was when i was in like kindergarten or first grade and then it was shut down and they kept saying they were building this aquarium, and it was going to open in five years, that it was going to open in ten years, and that it was going to open oh. in fifteen years. So finally, when it opened, it was like, "Yeah, it better be a big fucking deal." You guys <laughs> yeah, have been dominating traffic and ruining our kids' field trips for the last <laughs> decade. Hope <laughs> it
3: it's a good aquarium. Right.
0: And it was. <laughs> yeah, so. better better blow my fucking socks off. <laughs> it will, yeah, dude. You gotta go check it out. And it did
2: it, <laughs> it blows your socks off. It's fun. Two brothers painted every mural in the entire building over
0: like the decade and a half. So, Oh, nice. Good. shit. <laughs> that sounds awesome. Cool. Yeah. Well, yeah, listeners, be sure to go to Missouri and check that out. And, uh, Haley, thank you for being on the show. <laughs> <Please>. What's that? <laughs> I said, please don't. It's a bad city. Don't. Everyone, here. everyone listening, go to Missouri. Haley, your city is about to have an influx of like 20 people. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Thank you everyone at home for listening. This has been Head Kit. Can- <laughs> <laughs>
3: Your sleep the dry know your tears today we escape. Breathe oh. A, song, a song to keep us yeah, Such a chill, such a chill.